the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. And uh, before we begin the show today, I, which I've really looked forward to for about six years with my special guest here, who I will introduce in just a second, uh, I do have a little bit of bad news to pass on. And that is for those of you who know who Jason Hairston is. Jason Hairston was the founder of KUIU. K-U-I-U. It's a... Um, line of hunting gear and clothing that I've used for several years. I, I met him when he first started this company at the Safari Club um, convention. Yeah, great guy. We did a lot of uh, stuff together. And as far as design things, he did a few designs for me. Um, but he passed away this week. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, young guy, born in 71. So oh, was that? I don't know. He's younger than me by a lot. Um so uh, prayers to his family. I know he's got a very young son that he used to go out and hunt with a lot and, and a you know, beautiful young wife and a young company. So, folks, uh, those of you who, who uh, can, please give a prayer to Jason Hairston's family because that's, that's an important thing. Absolutely. And I, I hate to start the show on something like that, but I wanted to make sure that we, we do cover that. But, uh, okay. All right. Kind of hard to change gears with that, but that, that's where we're at. Uh, Folks, to my right, your left, if you're playing along at home, I have the world famous, <laughs> estimable, oh, the bull, bull <laughs> Doctor Jim Groning of Groning Precision. Uh, Jim, how you doing? I'm doing well, Philip. I've known Jim for about six years. About, about six years, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been trying to get Jim on this show for about six years. <laughs> This guy is very much in demand. For those of you who don't know, Grinning Precision is here in Riverside, California. They are the premier gunsmiths. Um, Jim does it all. He does it all by hand. He does it all by measuring five times, cutting once. Oh, that's for sure. It's cheaper that way. (laughs) (laughs) He is in such demand that uh, if you look at some of the SWAT competitions or the sniper competitions, the guns that are... One through ten usually have a grinning precision stamp on them. We've done good there. We've done well with that. You've done okay. Done well with that, yeah. Not bad for a middle-aged balding white guy. Right? Yeah, no kidding. Huh? <laughs> but 2015, the uh, the San Diego Sheriff Department took the international one at Snipercraft in Florida, first and second, and that was an international match against fellows that have ten thousand dollar rifles. Yep. And um, from departments and military. Uh, from all over the world, and they took first and second using hot rod Remingtons. 2007, 2017, uh, San Bernardino Police Department mm-hmm. 
won the International Snipers Competition mm-hmm. Law Enforcement Division with one of your rifles. Mm-hmm. So that was Paul Spriggs did yeah. that. Yeah, very so, cool. So no, you've, you lots of competitions. We go in there and look on the wall, and it's you know, I don't know, it's shield after shield and accolade after accolade. Yeah, so good people. Right. And so Jim has made a specialization on his business for customizing bolt action rifles. That's what I want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So this is actually the third of of the series on how to customize your rifle. If you have a bolt action off the shelf rifle and you want to tune it up, uh, or if you're thinking of, I want a ground up version, mm-hmm. what do we do for that? So Jim, tell us a little bit about how you got into gunsmithing. Well, <clears throat> I'm a aerospace tool and die maker or machinist and by I, training and trade by trading and uh, four-year apprenticeship and what have you back in during the 1970s and i i worked in that field uh, up until the uh, early 90s and um, but i was a competitive rifle shooter during the mid 80s and what have you and yeah, I had a lathe and a mill in my garage back then, and I thought, yeah. Well, who doesn't? Yeah, I thought, what the hell? I'm going to make a barrel for my <laughs> rifle, you know? I can, I, I think I can do this, you know? So I started making barrels for me, and then I started making barrels for my friends and the other their friends, and gosh, pretty soon I had a garage full of rifles, and, and uh, I had to make a decision on what I was going to do. So I ended up going off, and I kept my full-time job, and I... Started a full-time business at the same time. <laughs> Sleep's optional. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But we went ahead and, and did that. And uh, then in, finally in 1989, uh, I quit completely. And uh, I uh, I started. You quit the aerospace company. Quit the aerospace. Yeah. And I started doing this completely and, and full-time. And it's been uh, going on that, you know, what, 30 years now? Yeah, almost 30. Almost 30 doing nothing but rifle, you know, rifle type work and then 42 years of machining. So in the rifle type work, you started off as most people do when they're starting a new business is I'm going to do everything. Oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. It's, it's interesting. But that's what you do, right? Yeah, it's interesting. But I mean, you know, it, it's better to focus right on, right on what you're doing and staying on that and instead of you know, trying to do everything for everybody. Trigger job for a Colt Python, oh, and then switch Lord. over to an AR-10, yeah. and then M1A. It's and- a lot better doing, finding what you love, and focusing in on it, and then tweaking that, continuously tweaking it. You know, I was telling you earlier that, you know, we've had over 14,000 uh, rifles through the shop, and what have you. Not all of them are mine. Yeah, and since I started, you know, and which has been a long time, so it seems like a lot of rifles. But when you think about it over all the years, it's really not that many. But but you know, it's still enjoyable, and it's still a lot of fun, and I'm still learning things. You know, and I'm still tweaking things to get things so they're even more accurate. And that's 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 the the enjoyment out of this business for, you know, fellows that want to get into this business down the road, you know, it's a great business to in- enjoy yourself with, you know, it really is. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it really makes it so you enjoy waking up in the morning and, and, and going to it. Well, what's different, I've met a lot of gunsmiths <laughs> and what I, what's different about you is like you said, you're enjoying what you're doing, but you're always looking for the new answer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, well, this is the way you do it. Uh, we just do it like this. You know, it's not a, 
uh, a shop where you just throw them in the rack and grab another one and grind a little here, grind a little there, throw some goop in the stock, and away it goes. You know, but there are shops like that. Sure. And, and some guys mass produce mediocrity. Um, those of you who have have worked with Jim before know that there's a backlog, and I think that success begets success, which begets backlogs. Sometimes there's it only gets, so many days. Sometimes it gets nuts. And I, well, I apologize for that. Let, let, let's address that because it's something that we need to understand. Because of the precision style work he does, you do a lot of police department contracts across the country. Seventy three. Seventy three departments. Seventy three have been. You know, I've, I've built rifles for and. And so what comes with a rifle like that is lifetime service right. guaranteed, right? Yep. So if a law enforcement department sends you 10 rifles from Botswana, Florida, <laughs> right? There could be a Botswana, Florida. I don't, I don't go to Florida. So um, th- that's all of a sudden a priority thing. You've got to get those back out in mm-hmm. the hands of law enforcement. And because of the, the work that you do, it's imperative that those get back out in the hands of law enforcement. So those of us on the sporting side, you know, realize – there's a pecking order, and uh, we're not the peckers. <laughs> but you know, I I really do my best to try you to do. make it so so that it's not crazy. You know, sometimes sometimes it it gets that way, but uh, you know, things happen, and but then I, and, and I always happens. dig myself out, and I always get get everything done. And everybody is extremely satisfied with the finished product. I guarantee it. You know. That's that sounds like an insurance it. guy. I guarantee you. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. It's true. So when we come back here, we're going to talk a little bit about um, just one of the standard platforms for a rifle. And I brought in a couple of samples. You can take them back with you and build them into a rifle. Sure. Right? Okay, good. Put me in front of, this, in front of Botswana. <laughs> Botswana. Sheriff Department. I'm done with Botswana. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the different parts, what's involved sure. in it. Um, on our last, our first show, we talked with uh, Timney Triggers, mm-hmm. right? You deal with Timney? I use their, their yeah. triggers quite a bit. Uh, Timney's got an absolutely great trigger, so uh, adjustable all the way up and down. You can make it a, a, from a target rifle to a hunting rifle to anything you want to do with a trigger like that. We last week talked with Proof Barrels. So Proof Research is the one who does the carbon fiber wraps, really a, a very strong and accurate rifle. You actually prefer metal. Right. I like metal. Good. I'm in a little different ballgame. Jim, Jim also builds guns for not the weak of heart or the weak of arm. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they, they can be a little on the hefty side on yeah. that with all that metal on the barrel, but we'll talk about why that is Mm -hmm. as we come back here and show you a couple of examples here on film anyway folks this is Philip Naiman Firing Line Radio Show check us out at FiringLineRadio.com on Facebook at Firing Line Radio Show YouTube channel um, which is Firing Line Radio oddly enough and you'd find Jim Gruning at Mm -hmm. GruningPrecision.com G-R-U-N-I-N-G Precision.com we'll be right back after this A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws 
and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome to Back to Firing Line Radio Show. And you know, every week on this show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, and everything afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Our faithful and stalwart companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been Firing Line Radio's longtime sponsor, Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. Now, if you're not armed for protection or recreation, shame on you. Then Bullseye Sport in Riverside is where you need to go for handguns, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Now, after you purchase that firearm, Vince and I highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training course. One that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitudes essential to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. So for more information about their certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211. Visit their website, bullseyesport.com, for a schedule of classes. Because of Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo, they believe in safety first, 951-823-0211. You know that guy, don't you? I do. I you know don't. Vince. Vince, you actually use him quite a bit. I do. Mm-hmm. Doing your sales and your transfers and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Nice store. Nice store. Funny guy. Mm-hmm. Nice store. Well, a lot of ammunition. Tons uh, of ammo. A well-rounded supply of ammunition. Yep. And the other thing I like about it, every time I go in there, um, he gets estate sales and used guns and stuff like that. And here, you know, think about California. We have the same gun on every roster. Mm -hmm. So if you want to buy a Glock 19, (laughs) that's what every store has, or, uh, you know, the the shields or M&Ps, whatever it is. We've seen the same roster for, what, 10 years? Absolutely. So pretty much if you've wanted one of those, you've already bought it. Or, or maybe you're collecting the set as you go. But if you have a store that sells used stuff, what's nice is the inventory is changing. You get a little bit of something different. Yeah. He had some really nice SIG X5s. Out of my price range, but they were nice <laughs> to look at. Anyway, uh, folks, that's Bullseye Sports and Ammo, Guns and Ammo in Riverside. So, Jim, let's talk a little bit about the bolt-action precision. You are a trained – this is Jim Gruning, folks, uh, Gruning Precision. You are a trained – 
machinist, machinist. Uh, aerospace machinist, mm-hmm. and everything is measured five times, cut once. Absolutely. The key to accuracy, as we've been talking about, is consistency, right? Consistency and paying attention to both the the uh, the alignment of the rifle, of the the components of the rifle, like the bolt lugs, the the threads that hold the barrel, the um, um, grab one of these things. Yeah, you, you have bolt lugs right here in the in the front of the bolt. Right in the front of the bolt, right here. And that's yep. those lugs, which is actually contact. the back side of the lug. Back back side of the lugs. That's a camming that that cams into the camming surface on the inside of the receiver. That's uh, in in the front of the receiver, and you need to make those so it's perfectly perpendicular to the axis of the bore, and parallel with the bolt face. So that way, there a couple of things. You don't get bolt torque when you fire it. That keeps it from having um, uh, quite so much vibration going down the barrel. Okay. And it also makes it so when you, if you do reloading, it makes your brass so it's a heck of a lot better uh, without having the base of your brass crooked to the body of your brass. And stretched. And- exactly. Exactly. And, and then what we end up doing is we make the front face of the receiver uh, so that's perpendicular to the axis of the bore. And then we recut the threads inside the receiver. Oh, really? Yeah, we, we go in there with a single point tool, not a tap. And we go in there with a single point tool in the lathe after we get the, the receiver completely squared squared away. And then we'd make about a 80% cleanup. And we do it about... So, so we do a, go ahead. Most of, the, most of the guns you're working on are Remington 700s? A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them. So, I don't have to do this with stiller actions. Right. Well, that's... But, uh, you know, you pay... That's you why you pay for stiller Pay a action. lot of money for a stiller action. So you're saying 80% of them that you get need to be cleaned up and squared? I would say all of them. All of them. All of them. Because you get tolerance stacking, which means that if you're out two thousandths on the bolt lugs, you're out a thousandth on the, the bolt face, you're out another couple of thousandths on the camming surface in the receiver, you're off another few thousandths on the threads... And then you're off another couple of thousandths on the on the front face of the receiver. You can add and subtract all that up, and you're going to be off quite a bit. And that's the the whole key is getting this so the alignment is true. You want everything on center. If everything is on center, and I mean on center, I mean within about one to two ten thousandths of an inch. And and that's how close it needs to be to get the optimum accuracy. Now, what do you what do you consider optimum accuracy? I like to see quarter minute rifles. Quarter minute. You know, I like to see I can't that. See that well. You know, sometimes depending on the cartridge, you don't get that, or the load, you don't get that. Obviously, there's a lot of variables. But as far as what I do, even if I make a rifle that's a three seventy five H and H, which isn't a quarter minute rifle. I go through the same things for it because who the heck knows down the road they may end up with a 375 bullet and uh, which I think they have some pretty nice ones nowadays and uh, some pretty good loads and now all of a sudden you got a rifle that can do it because it was done it was built that correct way of of putting everything together and uh, that's that's kind of what I try to do even like we were talking about the barrels you know when you buy a barrel you can buy them pre-threaded, pre-chambered, and all you got to do is short-chamber them. But those things are, you know, 
a lot of tolerance in there. They're designed to fit a receiver that has not been blueprinted. They're designed to basically just screw on and you're ready to shoot. It's a factory barrel. That's, you know, that's about it. And um, so what we like to do, what I like to do is take a barrel blank. Which looks like a truck axle. It looks like a truck axle. And then it's I... Like 1.2 inches all the way down. All the way down. This is this one, if you hold it up a little bit, this one is actually a tapered. And although it doesn't look right. it, it's a number nine taper, which is a very, very stout bull barrel, heavier than a Sendero. It's a target barrel. Yeah, it's, it's a good barrel. But what we like to do is... It's not a good hunting barrel. <laughs> Unless you've been working out. <laughs> what we like to do is we put it in, in the lathe and we take its temperature. And then when we machine it, we take light cuts. And we never let the temperature you know, get carried away because we want it to not have a lot of, induce a lot of stress into the metal. So talk about that. I mean, this is the level of care that you get when you're a custom gunsmith. But, all right, we think of metal, it's pretty much indestructible. Right. Right? Uh, When you're dealing with, uh, with precision rifles, everything has to be concentric and on top of it. And changes in temperature can induce stress marks. Oh, it does a variety of things. Okay. With the temperature, you end up with stress because then when you heat up the barrel when you're shooting it, you and, and there's been stress induced into the barrel, you know. Which is kind of realigned some of the molecules. Right. So then when you heat up the barrel, now that stress becomes a factor. And, and it, it can starts, pull? Pulls. It puts, makes it so you start throwing your fourth and fifth shot and, and it's not putting them in there where you want it. It's same, same, very similar to the same thing with when you have a feather light barrel mm-hmm. and uh, you know it heats up because it's so light, it's going to throw a third and fourth, fifth shot depending on how light it is. It's just, well, I always thought that those were designed for if you miss at 200 yards and 300 yards and 400 yards and now he's running 500 yards, well, your gun's now automatically uh, throwing at six inches high for you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's, it's an automatic aiming device. As far as it gets, hotter it's it gets. Hotter it gets. <laughs> Holy mackerel. <laughs> Maybe not. But but uh, pencil-thin barrels or, or right. typical like a, like a Model 70 Featherweight. Exactly. Or a, a but Remington they're good for seven, one or two shots. Right. And then they have to cool down a little bit, and then you're, you're back in business. Yeah, a Remington 700 Mountain Weight Rifle. The they weren't designed for shooting a 10-shot you know, group. And guys should realize that when they go out to the range, you know, hey, I've only got an hour. i got to get back home. i got to get this thing done. I'm shooting 30 shots in an hour. <laughs> Work my loads up, and I had an hour. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's a recipe for disaster because sure. uh, your cold bore shot is the one, and then maybe the second shot that you need for your accuracy, and mm-hmm. everything else is it's practice, but it's not the same point of impact. Right, with a lighter weight hunting rifle, lighter weight barrel, something like this, you can hold your accuracy a lot longer. Absolutely, absolutely. And then there's also something when we talk about temperatures too, is you have a thermal coefficient. And we found this when I worked in aerospace. We we were con- we we concentrated on that when we made, you know, parts like for spy satellites and things like that. And and you had to be concerned with, okay, this material it has to fit into this material at this temperature. So so we were always thinking about thermal coefficients. But in the firearm industry, no one thinks about this. So you end up with a with for instance, a uh, you have a steel receiver, mm-hmm. and then you have a huge aluminum. Night vision rail, or you have a huge aluminum whatever that goes onto the rifle, and the aluminum has a, a th- uh, has a thermal coefficient of three times more that, uh, than steel. So that aluminum is expanding all over the place. And then once it expands, now it's going to contract. And then when it contracts, it's loose. So if you're holding your scope on with this piece of aluminum, it's loose, and it's going everywhere. 
Very, very interesting. Folks, Philip Damon, Firing Line Radio Show, here with Jim Gruning, Gruning Precision, G-R-U-N-I-N-G, precision.com. Get a hold of them there. Actually, text them. You'll find out why. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman, your happy host. Also, to my right here, uh, left, if you're playing along at, at home, I have Jim Grunning. Jim Grunning owns Grunning Precision. And there's a difference in the names there, but anyway, gruningprecision.com, G-R-U-N-I-N-G, precision.com, off of Harupa in uh, Riverside. Uh, great, great shop. If you are looking for a high-end, highly accurate bolt-action rifle, that's the guy you have to go to. Unfortunately, there's not 10 Jim Grunnings, so it may take a while to build your rifle. It also depends on availability of parts. It all depends on, you know, sometimes... Depending on the year, what time of the year it is, you know, because it does. If the it, moon's in Venus, yeah, it, it, it does. It it fluctuates, you know. Sometimes I'm I don't have that much in there, and sometimes I'm swamped in there. So it just kind of it kind of has a it works a, its way a, out a wave of going in and out. Well, there's there's a project that I sent over to Jim, uh, and we're waiting on the reamer. Yep. So, you know, if it takes Pacific Tool Engage um, nine weeks to create the reamer. Yeah. That's not exactly a problem on the gunsmith side, right? Or, or say you're ordering a McMillan stock, there can be a four month wait, oh, actually, or, or more even sometimes. Yeah, I'm still waiting but for my they, March orders that I but put in. They make the one of the best stocks available. Yep. I mean, you're not going to never has any porosity in. And this is, I know it's not an advertise for McMillan, but they never have a bunch of porosity in them. You can get sniper fill, and they're, they're they're, in my opinion, probably the nicest what uh, yet you can put on your rifle. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we use McMillan's. That's what's in your shop mm-hmm. for that, that build. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, it's a. Uh, that's one of the fun things about this too is if you if you want to build your own and you want to create a wildcat, like hey, I always wondered what this would do, right? Oh, absolutely. He he has a box of these things called reamers. This reamer is actually what creates the chamber inside the barrel. It's a tool. What are there three, four hundred of them you have? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot <laughs> different of different calibers. I've got a lot of, and then all the same, also like three hundred eight. Different I, throat I, lengths. I've got different different three hundred eights for different bullets. So if you're going to be shooting, you know, like a standard one sixty eight grain, you know, match, 
bullet, then I've got a reamer for it. If you're going to shoot a 155, I got a reamer for that. Uh, if you're going to shoot something different, I've got reamers for that. You know, all depending on, on, on you know what bullet. We try to make it so when you come to me and you have an idea that you want to, uh, to, to this is what I want to shoot. Uh, we try to uh, accommodate that, and along with that, you know, that saying we 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 change geometry in the chamber too. So nothing in the nothing in the in the um, case. So you can always use case. I don't like doing neck turning and things like that. I, I think that's a. Uh, I, I don't think. I just personally don't don't. I'm not going to live that long. Spend that much time on. Yeah, that. but I like taking the geometry forward. Of the neck and the lead diameter in the throat, and um, for instance, uh, a three hundred eight. For instance, you know, a three hundred eight or a thirty out six or a three hundred wind mag. Normally, that's three hundred and ten thousandths around the three hundred eight bullet. You figure the three hundred eight bullet is shaped like a football, right? And you put a football in a in a, a cylinder that's got two thousandths worth of play. You think, oh, two thousandths isn't much. Well, I'll tell you what, two thousandths is enough to make that football rotate you know 30 degrees before yeah make it rotate 30 degrees or 20 degrees before it even makes contact with the doggone rifling groove so what we try to do is we take that dimension and and go 308 and four ten thousandths and that way there you have four ten thousandths worth of uh 308 four 308 four instead of 310 or 311 yeah yeah and so so now instead of 20 ten thousandths we're running four ten thousandths so what that does that aligns the bullet perfectly with the bore and it does a few other things too it also makes it so your 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 loads are more accurate because consistent and accurate and it also makes them uh so they they they're more efficient you know because you're not blowing a lot of gas around the bullet before the bullet makes contact and you don't have to be so concerned You, you you know Everyone's concerned about making the bullet so it's touching the rifling, you know, the lands. Everybody's going, oh, I'm off the lands 10,000, so I'm off the lands 30,000, so I'm touching the lands here and there. But if you make the lead diameter so it's a nice, you know, accurate fit around the bullet, then that is not that important. It's much less critical. It's much less critical. So you get a, by doing that, you can use a whole variety of other bullets that you'd like to try, you know, because that, that diameter is, is held at a more accurate level. Again, that's the, that's the uh, secret of making, making the, uh, the super bullets on that, or super bullets. I looked up here, all of a sudden we're out of focus on there. I don't know what's oh, going on. Oh, well. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. <laughs> what? Um, so on the Model 700, which which again is pretty much the, the basic right. that most people are going to be working on. So on a Model 700, you have long action, you have short action. Why would you use one over the other? Well, you know, for instance, you have um, you have a short action, which comes in two sizes, which is a standard size and a two two three size, which has that's the difference in bolt faces. The standard size is three hundred eight, two forty three, twenty two two fifty type things like that. You know, however, that's saying. You know, in average long actions, you use for thirty out six, two seventy, and then they have the magnum action that has for you know three hundred win mag, and they you know all the way up to uh, uh, rums. Yeah. You know, so but, a long but, action, but the magnum long handle action, a rum, or do you need a special one for the? No, rum? It, it, they have a, they have a more of an opening for the rum on the inside here that's machined. But other than that, it's the same. But other than that's the same, and, and you know, it doesn't take much to make that opening so it matches. You can if you found a seven hundred at the pawn shop, then a seven hundred. Uh, you know, a seven millimeter mag, 
you can make it into a rum and no problems at all. However, the thing about the long action, fellows will come to me and they say, wow, Jim, I'd like to have a, a 6.5-284, and uh, I've got a short action. And so I'm, I tell them, I says, you know, really, you might want to think about not using the short action, maybe use the long action. You know, get in the long action for it. Because now, using the long action, even though it's a 284 base cartridge that f- comes with the short action, mm-hmm. but when you're making a 6.5 284, you're thinking to yourself, boy, I'd like to use that VLD bullet. The 140s. Yeah. But the VLD bullet won't fit in a short action Unless you box. cram it all the way into the powder uh, capacity. Exactly. So then you buy a, a long action and you make your 6.5 284 with the VLDs, they fit beautifully into the magazine. There's no problems with feed, and and, and you got a really bitching rifle after that, you know. Exactly. You know? So the short actions, like you said, I mean, if you're looking at a, at a 243, 22, 250, there's also the micro when you, you touched on that, and the long action standard and long standard action magnum. magnum and then What's the difference between the standard and the magnum? Just action? bolt face. Just the bolt. Just the face. width of the bolt, bolt face. face. You know, um, there's no other extra metal. There, there's no, not on, not externally or anything like that. Big hype, then, huh? Yeah. The, the only difference, <laughs> more, you, you have a little bit of difference in the feed uh, uh, area on the width here for, say, for instance, a 300 versus a, a 30 out six. Which isn't, or if you're going with or the rum, the rum. Yeah. the rum has that. So too. that's so on the bottom of the action here, um, where your magazine would go into, there's our in, interior lips, and those need to be adjusted for the width of whatever you decide Whatever to shoot. we're doing, yes, exactly, exactly. And, um, and, and these are nice actions, you know. If you, one of the things, it's a per- personal preference, I like the Remington 700s because they're made from bar stock. Bar stock doesn't have a lot of stress put into it. As opposed it. to a forged? Exactly. And, and even though they, you know, these, these actions are, are they, you know, if you cut them in half here, they, you look at it and go, wow, there's not much metal. But when you bed them and you put them in a stock and it's all bedded, it's strong as hell. You know, it's really strong. And um, so, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, and then there's no stress in the receiver. Uh, the nice thing about putting it in a rifle that's bedded um, is that, you know, these, these are made out of bar stock. However, the outside diameter of these are not ground. They're not put between centers and... and, 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 and for concentricity. Uh, for concentricity. They're not ground. So you can end up with a, a Remington receiver that that has a bit of an egg shape to it. You're not going to look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's egg-shaped. But you can take your fingers... And go across it, and you go. Oh, oh yeah, you I could. Can kind I of feel it, you yeah. know. And and so when you bet it, then it takes the place of that. It's like a gasket between a. Like I always tell everybody, it's like a gasket between a water pump and an engine block. So right. it, it kind of does that, that kind of thing. So when you tighten up the screws, there's no stress. If you don't bet it, and you put it into a stock, and you tighten up the screws, and there's an egg shape, you know, condition going on there. When you tighten it up, it twists the action, and it puts stress. And you're back into having stress into your your whole rifle again, which is not really great for. And a lot a lot of stocks like the one I'm holding up here in the in the video has an aluminum bedding, right? And the aluminum bedding guys say, well, geez, you can bolt straight onto that. But just like you said, exactly. either the bedding may not be squared off, or you might not be perfectly round on your 700. Exactly. So even on aluminum, you use your bedding. You put bedding on there, just like I mentioned with a, with a gasket between a water pump and an engine block. You know, it good. makes it so when you tighten it up, it tightens up smoothly. And always tighten up the nut at the end of the stock. That's for sure. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, Firing Land Radio. We'll be right back after this. 
If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. I'm here with Jim Gruning, a good friend of mine and uh, the owner of Gruning Precision. Manufacturer of 14,000-plus rifles. Over over a long time, though. Over a long time. Yeah, not this year, not this week. Um, Over 14,000 precision rifles that have hit the street and are uh, winning matches and making great shots and winning bets from their buddies, I think. Now, they're they're modified modified rifles. You know, everything's been modified. modified. Okay. You know, we were lucky is years ago we had to – we were contacted by – the FBI, and we ended up making a um, firearm testing fixture. And it was for uh, testing firearms that were used in crimes, you know. It's for their forensics labs. And when they put their new lab in Quantico, they they uh, contacted us, and we made a um, aluminum fixture that would you'd bolt a rifle or a machine gun or anything to it. And it's, you know, and, and you could shoot it and get the ballistics and you wouldn't have to put uh, the the uh, examiner in harm's way if the rifle or was cruddy, been, yeah. you know modified by the criminal you know and, and you know so this we ended up making this but i ended up making one for myself and when i used to run the 600 yard match i could take and work on different techniques that we did and we take it out with the fixture and we put it on the line and with match ammo and what have you, and we could test it using the fixture as a as something to kind of test your accuracy because it would take away the human error of, of holding onto the rifle and shooting it yourself. And mm-hmm. you could sit there and, and shoot it remotely, you know, which was kind of cool. And and that was a big help for a lot of a lot of different techniques and, and different things that, you know, we've spoke about already. It's not just my opinion, it was actually proven and tested, you know, and, and even with muzzle brakes, we did that with muzzle brakes and we put a force gauge on the back of it and we measured it without the muzzle brake and we put a force gauge on, you know, and we get a reading from the force gauge without the muzzle brake. We put the muzzle brake on and we get a reading with the muzzle brake. We were able to tell exactly, you know, in real numbers, not just like, oh, wow, uh, my rifle, you know, my 300 win mag now feels like a 22 250. Well, it sure as hell don't feel like a twenty-two, two fifty when I shoot it, you know. But this all—that's all personal, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but this way here, we were able to actually get a measurement and 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 see, you know, you know what exactly what works the best, you know, as far as uh, you know design and things like that. 
And again, it's all for accuracy. It's all for accuracy too, and all for, you know. If, if the muzzle brakes we try to use is for if a fellow needs a second follow up shot, and he wants to, or, or if he's shooting long range, and a lot of the smaller guns, he can see the impact. impact on it, you know, because it's just not jumping so much, which makes it interesting, you know. Um, but and that's a, that's a fairly new development to have efficient brakes like that. Some mm-hmm. of them uh, in the past they had uh, their radial brakes. Mm-hmm. I have a couple on two of my rifles. I have radial brakes on them. I, I hate it. And then you have to worry about keeping them clean yeah. because boom, and all of a sudden I'm spitting gravel. I was like, exactly. I better shut my mouth when I shoot my gun. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, I, I remember I, I shot a buck last year in Colorado, and I was using a 300 rum that came with a Model 700, and it's got had its own radial brake on it. And man. <laughs> And I am picking grass out of my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to shoot with your left eye open if you've got a muzzle brake on with a, with a radial. <laughs> and all your friends shooting next to you are going to be mad oh, at the range, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, those, those are disasters. So uh, one of the things we haven't talked about that you're a bit of a Nazi on, in a good way, if there could be a good Nazi, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that. But there's, there is no good Nazi. But one of the guys things that you're extremely stringent on is the crown of a barrel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm kind of a nutcase on that. He's not a Nazi. Just back off. I'm, I'm a little bit of a nutcase on that. That's the one drawback with muzzle brakes that I have is that it tends to carbon up your crown. And, and I've, seen, I've seen rifles that have had um, muzzle brakes or suppressor adapters put on bolt-action rifles. And after only 4,000 rounds, the... Uh, the, the not only the crown is shot the f- the f- half inch of the bore is shot because of all the 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 carbon buildup that was going into the bore and a lot of that's from the muzzle the bore brake. on the chamber side and the bore on the on the uh, muzzle Tar- side. crown side crown okay. side so if possible i try to tell the fellows to go as you know kiss keep it simple you know because it 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 you can keep that crown clean when we crown the barrel, you want the crown so it's absolutely perfect to the bore. And and, and I mean perfect. And, and the reason it's so important is it's the last thing that touches the bullet. Exactly. And you've got to figure, if when the bullet is coming out of the bore, and if the crown is crooked, the bullet is going to come out on one side versus the other side, and it's going to create a yaw instantaneously. Where the gas is going to hit it. Exactly. And you're going to get a yaw right off the bat. Yeah, keep going. So that that's uh, that's that's something that it makes it so it's inconsistent. So I really um, am, a, am a stickler for a good sharp crown. I don't put a forty-five degree shoulder on it with the crown. I don't lap them with a ball bearing. I've seen that on YouTube, and I'm you know, oh good lord, it's all no, ball bearings. Yeah. All ball bearings. WD forty. Little bit duct tape. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I like a nice crisp, clean crown that's machined accurately to the bore so when the bullet leaves the muzzle the bullet's base is leaving leaving exactly at the same time all the way around the circumference of the bullet to make it so it's more accurate so one of the things you just talked about that i think is kind of interesting you said after only four thousand rounds your crown is shot many of the guys especially if you're watching on youtube or reading on the internet um, you know the keyboard warriors these guys keyboard warriors right (laughs) yeah so uh, with the keyboard wire, what happens sometimes is they'll tell you that, geez, after 500 rounds, your barrel's shot. You need a new barrel. Well, that depends. Not 500, but it kind of also depends on what you're shooting, too. You know, if you're shooting a, a small board, super magnum kind of, you know, 
<laughs> rifle, you're not going to get the same round count as you would out of a 308. And like we were, the one I was referring to on the, on the 4,000 rounds was a police rifle that had 4,000 rounds on it in the 308. So, you know, I try to see a new barrel put on rifles at around seven, around 7,000, sometimes 6,500. But I've had rifles that departments have left go, good Lord, 18,000 rounds through them, you know? But those, they're not shooting no half minute of angle at, you know, with that many round count through it, you know? It's, they're, they're, they're almost to the brown up. vest smoothbore no stage. Yeah, they're, but they're not throwing them either, you know? They're still minute of angle rifles after all that, but they, you know, they, they bring them in every year and then they clean them and then I recrown them. Whenever the crown starts getting bad, I think we started out with, on that particular department, I think we started out with 26-inch barrels, and I think they're down to 20-inch now. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, if you're dealing with a 308 right. in an urban environment, 20-inch gets you everything yeah, a 308 has. Yeah, it yeah. gets you what you want. Yeah, there's, it's kind of funny, though. <laughs> Actually, I'm putting new barrels on now. Start all over again. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting but the crown is extremely important again everything is concentricity and uh, is consistency and it's the last thing as the gas comes out of that barrel if there's an imperfection on the edge of that yeah. crown it can send more gas one way than the other and just install a small wobble now exactly uh jim was talking about how he has a uh what was it um one one thousandth of an inch issue here a hundred thousand ten thousand ten thousand uh-huh. yeah whatever well, you got to figure atomic levels. Your your hair is four thousand. One of your hairs on your head is four thousandths thick. Okay. So if you're holding a quarter of a hair, uh, uh, a quarter of a hair is one thousand. Yeah. And then you take that quarter of a hair divided and you take 10. that by divided by ten, and then I try to hold that within one or two of those, depending on how close the barrel's made. This is the rifling and the bore. That's where I'm at. And that's, ex- that's extremely accurate. And, and the, the point I'm making on this is it has to be that accurate because when a bullet is going out the barrel, yep. it's about 185,000 RPM. Exactly. So you think about that kind of a speed on a turn and you're 10,000 off or you're oh, 1,000 off. 1,000 will do it. And, and, you know, I know we haven't touched on this, but this is an interesting little thing too 1000 10000 it's all the same to me a little interesting thing is you see all these fluted barrels yeah right and you know i was built, building rifles when fluting was becoming popular and um we did a rifle for one of the gun magazines and it made the front cover of this mm-hmm. magazine and and it wasn't fluted and the editor says huh. You know, it shot great. We got a three-eighths minute of angle out of this this rifle, and, and the guy that was writing the article was really pleased and taking pictures and everything. And then we went ahead, and and, and uh, the, the, the editor didn't like it. He wanted it fluted. So we decided, because the barrel blank was donated to us, we sent the barrel blank to the barrel company, and then they fluted it at, at you know, their – because they wanted the, the kudos, too. Right. right. So um, – we went ahead and uh, um, got that back, and we put the barrel back on. This is a three-eighths minute rifle that was shooting a five-shot group, three-eighths minute, mm-hmm. no problem. Now we put it back together. It shoots two-shot, three-eighths minute. Third shot, it goes off about, oh, God, about five-eighths minute. Fourth shot goes out about about 875, about seven-eighths. And fifth shot goes out about an inch and a quarter. So now we took a, a three-eighths rifle and turned it into a, 
But it looks cool. Crap rifle. And, uh, but it so, looks cool. <laughs> so we end up taking that thing, yep. and, and we... Um, um, had to redo it. We, we, no, we ended up sending out and get a cryogenically treated. And that helped a little bit because it got rid of the stress. Yeah. You know? Anyway, folks, this is Philip Damon, Firing Line Radio Show with Jim Grunning. Jim Grunning, Grunning Precision. We're out of time here. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. Sorry about that. But uh, check him out. Grunning Precision. His, uh, fo- text him. His phone number's on his website. And uh, good luck, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun. It's been awesome. Thanks, Bob. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. CCW Safe. Moppin Financial Advisors. Cutting Edge Bullets. Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino. And Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.